Good evening and welcome to Muskegon History and Beyond with the Lakeshore Museum Center. Today I'm with Jason Bertoya of the Muskegon Civic Theater and we're discussing a little bit about the history of the theater and also an upcoming exhibit that the theater is working with at the museum. So Jason, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I just want to begin by some of the history of the theater. So can you tell me a little bit about when the Civic Theater formed and kind of how that all happened? Yeah, so Muskegon Civic Theater, as it is today, actually was formed in 1984 through a merge of three theater companies that were already in Muskegon. So Muskegon Civic Theater can trace its roots back through help uh, with the Lakeshore Museum Center back to 1935 with the Little Theater of Muskegon. In the 30s, there was a movement in the country called the Little Theater Movement, and this movement was bringing live theater productions to local communities put on by those local communities and um, the people that founded the Little Theater of Muskegon, Muskegon had to be a part of this movement too. And so then they could put on straight plays, so then they could put on musicals too, and that developed the Civic Opera Association. And so in 1984, Port City Playhouse, which they were the child company of the Little Theater of Muskegon, Port City Playhouse, the Civic Opera Association, and Muskegon Youth Theater merged to share resources, to share artistic staff and to share art um, on stage actors merged to create Muskegon Civic Theater and then their first production was in 1985 and that was the man who came to dinner and they performed in the Fraunthal Theater. With that formation um, what was kind of the driving necessity behind that because it wasn't just kind of collaboration it was something that kind of needed to happen right? Yeah um, theater is expensive and even back in the 80s it was expensive and so it was kind of a way for them to share resources to share income to kind of combine everything so that it was one organization because they really had overlap of actors that were involved in the youth theater they were also involved in the civic opera productions and they were involved in poor city playhouse productions and it just made sense for them to share all of their resources all of their pool of people share the incomes and um expenditures so that it was kind of like a mutual strength and unity strength and yes that's exactly yeah. right what do you feel is the role of theater in the community then? Do you think that's really important that it's continuing on? Absolutely. Community theater and theater in general is an opportunity for people to experience stories that are not inherently their own or not necessarily their own experience. And community theater is supposed to be representational of the community that it is a part of. And so at Muskegon Civic Theater, that's really important to both myself as the managing director and Kirk Wahamaki, our artistic director, that we do in fact represent our community through the plays that we choose, through the um, people that are on our sit on our board of directors, to the people that are involved in our productions. It really needs to reflect our community and so people can see themselves in what we produce but also exposing people who who aren't similar to our stories or aren't similar to the people involved in the productions can see somebody else's perspective and somebody else's life story. So you mentioned there about picking some of the shows so yeah. can you tell me a little bit about the process of how you select a show? Absolutely our shows are help, are selected by a committee um, so it's a subcommittee of our board of directors our play reading committee includes Kirk Wahamaki and myself as representatives of the organization. We also have board members, community members, uh, audience members. There are um, actors of ours and other artists involved in this group. There's a group of nine of us and we start meeting as soon as this season ends in May after Shrek the Musical. We start reading again in June and we start with collecting a list of shows that we 
may already have looked at or shows that we have heard about through the year and we collect scripts and then we start reading them and having discussions about them and the one discussion is first did it draw us in as as a reader Mm -hmm. and is it something that we could put on our stage ultimately is it something that our audiences are going to enjoy is it going to bring people in to see the show and is it something that our artists would be enjoy being involved in and do you look at things like variety between plays and musicals absolutely so our regular season is a mix of uh theater styles we usually do a small musical a comedy a drama We also do a large musical. Now we have a fifth show called The Black Box Production, which is done on the stage of the Fraunthal, and the audience seats are also on the stage of the Fraunthal. Oh, cool. So three sides of the stage are seats, and then in the middle is the the action of the show. And that's kind of a wild card. We can put anything into that slot. It's been a comedy, it's been a musical, it's been a drama. So it can be anything in that slot. And it's also our opportunity where we can kind of break the rules and choose something that's a little bit more edgy, something that's not typically a a pick that we would do in our regular season. Is that kind of a smaller audience then with the seating on the stage? Yes, absolutely. It's only slightly smaller than the Beardsley. The Beardsley Theater seats 169 and the Black Box seats about 150. So it kind of harkens back to the old days of theater when you were right there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's very intimate. Um, now you kind of mentioned as a director, part of your role is to select some of these shows. What else can you tell us about your role as the director of the Civic Theater? What kind of your day-to-day operations? Typically in a day, well, in any given week, I am the um, head of the organization. I'm the face of the organization. So I do a lot of phone calls and emails. I'm in charge of the marketing, all the business end of the, of the organization, paying bills, um, recording deposits, uh, sending out letters, requesting funds, grant writing, all that good stuff that man, uh, executive directors do. Yeah, but my job really is that end of the business. I do the programs for the shows. I des- help design the posters and get those done through our graphics designer and our marketing uh, person that the, uh, that we contract with. But that's really my area. I'm that end of everything, the business end of everything. So for the other roles that need to be there to have mm-hmm. a play put on, is that filled by volunteers or is that like staff? It's a mix. So Kirk Wahamaki isn't, that's his part. He's our, our artistic director and he's charged with the artistic end of our organization. So he hires all of our creative staff that puts on the shows. So those are all the directors of our shows. If we have a musical that needs a choreographer or a music director or set designers, all of those people that are in charge of those aspects of the show are really under Kirk supervision. And then I just make sure that they are all able to do their jobs. How many people on average does it take to put on a show? Does it really vary with the show? It depends on the show, absolutely. Um, With a musical, it's going to take more because there's more parts and pieces. There's dancing involved, so you need a choreographer, unless you have a director that also does that. It also has music, so you need someone to be in charge of that music, so that's a music director. It requires musicians. All productions require a costume designer and a prop person and someone who is in charge of building and designing the set and painting the set so it takes a lot of pieces we have a technical director who's on deck on our stage for every production helping make sure all those technical things are happening when they're supposed to be happening as directed by the assistant director and stage manager so it takes there's a lot of people involved in a show and is a lot of that done with people that you don't actually see if you come to attend? Is it Correct. Like 70, it's kind of like an iceberg where 70%? Like yes. What you don't see is what's Absolutely. going on there. Absolutely. And when you get into like our large musical, like Shrek, where we have 
hundreds of people that have been involved in the show behind the scenes that audience members will never even see may not may be sitting next to them in the audience and wouldn't even know that that's a person that held a paintbrush to make that brick on that castle you know so there's hundreds of volunteers that help so you're someone that was interested in the theater yeah. uh, how would they go about getting involved either it's being in a play or behind okay. the scenes in it easiest way to find out that information is to visit our brand new website at muskegoncivictheater.org important to note that theater is spelled t-h-e-a-t-r-e -E. so when you're looking for us it's muskegon civic theater with an r-e dot org and on our website it has all of the connections we put our announcements for auditions we use our social media um, on Facebook as well for that. But we also have links to sign up to volunteer, to sign up to be on our mailing list, to sign up for all those things right on our website. Or you can always give our office a call and we can talk to you that way too. Now you'd mentioned that Shrek is your upcoming yeah. uh, next show here. Uh, is that going to be at the Beardsley or at the Frauenthal? We always do our large musical, kind of our season finale, in the Frauenthal Theater. So um, Shrek the Musical will be in the Frauenthal Theater. The majority of our shows, though, are performed in the Beardsley Theater, except for the Black Box and the Frauenthal show. And is that just kind of based on how you think the, a large the audience is going to be for a show? or is there No, it's else? just how we've always done it. You know, we when we do a large musical like Shrek, it's it's best suited in the Frauenthal. With everything that's required, we have a 22-foot dragon puppet. That won't fit in the Beardsley. Right. I mean, That'd it could fit, but, but it wouldn't fit with anything else in the Beardsley. And also, you know, it's just we do one weekend in the Frauenthal, but we do three weekends when we're in the Beardsley. So it kind of, we do more weekends depending on, on where we are because of the amount of seats that are, are available. But for the most part, with community theaters, it's more of a smaller, intimate space like the Beardsley Theater is at 169 seats. And can you tell me a little bit about the history of the Beardsley Theater? Yeah, I know very little about the history of the Beardsley Theater, but I do know that it, it started as a furniture warehouse for one of the furniture stores here in downtown Muskegon, like many, many years ago. And at one time, it wasn't even connected to the Frauenthal building itself. It was They were two separate buildings. Um, and then in the 80s, the Beardsley family donated some funds to um, the community foundation to help build a, a community um, theater and the community foundation took on the ownership of that being our community foundation and so that's how the Beardsley Theater got built and that was completed in 1986 that the transformation of a warehouse into the theater space in the Hilt building as itself now um, with funds from the Beardsleys and the Hilts so that I know that was completed in 1986 so it's been around for a decent amount of time. Yeah, it's been around for a decent amount of time, and it was a great place for Muskegon Civic Theater. You know, it happened right after the merge of, of the parent companies to create Muskegon Civic Theater, and it's the right size of a venue. And since we're kind of on the topic of funding, how is the Civic Theater funded? Is it through ticket admission, through um, grants? Um, a mix of a little bit of everything. Um, Obviously, ticket income comes directly back to our organization, and we are experiencing a growth in our ticket sales. Even between last year and this year, we've had a 12% growth, wow. but it's definitely not enough, and it does not cover our day-to-day -day operations. Um, and our day-to-day -day operations include all of the um, office space and the rehearsal space and performance space and classroom teaching space for our education programs. All of that we lease and rent through the um, community foundation here at the Frauenthal. So all of our expenses are then also 
covered by grants through the Community Foundation, um, grants that we apply, but huge contributions from individuals and uh, corporate sponsors, but we're always looking for more because as our ticket sales and all those things increase, so do the expenses on the other end. Um, licensing shows are more expensive. Right. Um, things needed for shows are more expensive because shows are becoming more and more advanced to be more and more fantastical. And so those things cost money and those things get more and more expensive every year. Are you able to reuse a lot of props and materials from one show to the next? We try as much as possible. Um, when we purchase lumber at the beginning of the year, Kirk tries to, the best he can without knowing the artist set designs, to try and order you know, what he thinks we could use for the season. We always have to add extra because you know we need to build a castle or we need to build what have you. But um, we do try to use things over and over again and we store those in our scene shop building on Sanford Avenue across from the high school football field. That's where we build and store all of our sets, props, costumes, and everything. Well, that's probably a pretty cool space for you on there. You probably got it's, stuff everywhere, right? Yeah, we have yeah. stuff everywhere. It's an awesome space, yeah. Yeah, and there's probably, that that was originally Port City Playhouse, and it was purchased by even older than that in the 50s. It was a church built in 1900, and in the 50s it was purchased by the Greater Muskegon Civic Theater and converted into a theater space. So it was a performance space before it was um, the scene shop that it is now. So when you have a new show coming out, how long in advance, like, so you plan out what it's going to be, but how long do you start, you know, as far as the set design and the costumes and all that, getting that together? We choose the shows in early January, so we already kind of know where we're going for the next season. And so after we announce our season at the opening night of our final big musical, then Kirk puts a call out to artists to say, hey, are you interested in working on these shows? As we get closer, the rehearsal time for a show, in, um, for our small shows, it's about six weeks of rehearsal time. Uh, with the big musical, it can be anywhere between eight and ten weeks of rehearsal time, four nights a week and then a week long of production of moving into the theater and things like that. That's a pretty strenuous pace you set yourself yeah, out there. Yeah, absolutely. Three hours a night, uh, four nights a week for about oh. six weeks, eight to, eight to ten weeks depending on the show. Yeah. So can you tell me a little about what shows you have coming up? Yeah, you're getting the scoop because um, we announced this at opening night of Shrek, but we are opening our season next year in September with a comedy called The 39 Steps. It's based on the Alfred Hitchcock film of the same name, but it is a comedic version of the show where all 150 characters are played by four actors. Oh, wow. Um, and so there's multiple costume yeah, changes, uh, lots of things in and out of the, the stage. Um, following that up in our November, December time slot, we're doing a Christmas Carol which is a traditional show, but Muskegon Civic Theater has not ever done it in its 35 years oh, wow. as Muskegon Civic Theater. So um, it's a musical version, so we're really excited to bring A Christmas Carol to the stage here at the Beardsley Theater. Both of those are in the Beardsley. Our Black Box production in January is called Fun Home. It was a Broadway uh, Tony Award winning musical two years ago. And it, this is our black box production. And this is a story of a young woman whose dad unexpectedly dies. And she is forced to kind of think about her 
father and it's a very real story and it's a coming of age story about a young lesbian woman so it's a completely different storyline for us to tell here at Muskegon Civic Theater and we couldn't be more excited to be able to bring this story um, to the stage at um, the Frauenthal in the black box setting so we're really excited about that. It's a beautiful story. Fun home you'll find a short for funeral home so so she oh, grows okay. up um, in her family's funeral home Interesting. and her life being a child and she talks about her fa- her you know her parents and and things like that then we are in february are doing our town which is another traditional classic piece of american theater often called the best piece of american theater and another uh, story that we have not told at muskegon civic theater it's a classic piece set in grover's corners it's a small town america so it could easily be muskegon itself and then our big musical um, to finish out the season next spring is Mamma Mia, which everyone knows oh, Mamma yeah. Mia yeah, with Ab- ABBA music. And we can't, we can't wait to bring that to the Frauenthal and rock, rock the Frauenthal Center out with some ABBA. The coolest thing I think that we have on slate for next season that we are emphasizing that all of our shows are colorblind cast to really show the diversity of Muskegon and really be representational of our community. Again, being a true community theater and representing the community that we are a part of as that's what our job is as a community theater. Now you also do youth theater too. So what's coming up for the youth theater? Last of our semesters just finished at the beginning of April. And next up we have our super fun summer camps. So we do three sessions of a week long summer camp. And um, at the end of the week that sessions group puts on a performance. Um, This year it's Jungle Book Kids. And it's based on the Disney film, so it has all the songs that everybody knows. And the kids really are involved in every aspect of the production. It's for kids kindergarten through fifth grade, and they have interns um, or camp counselors that are sixth grade and older, and they help them learn their lines, learn their choreography, and their movement for the stage. They are involved in making making and choosing their costumes. They're involved in helping paint the sets. So the kids really get a hands-on experience in all aspects of theater. And then by the end of the week, they can put on this production for their families so it's really awesome and we're taking enrollment now on our website and it's a great time to spend and we also have some we know with the exhibit coming up at the Lakeshore Museum Center part of our summer camps this year include a field trip up to the exhibit at the museum yeah, can you tell everyone a little bit more about the um, upcoming exhibit that's opening up shortly here? Yeah, so we're really excited. Not only next year have we chosen some awesome productions, but we're celebrating our 35th anniversary. And in order to celebrate our 35th anniversary or help us celebrate our 35th anniversary, the Lakeshore Museum Center is featuring an exhibit on us on the 35 years of Muskegon Civic Theater. And the staff has done a really great job of finding out our history for the last 35 years. They've been in our storage of archives of, of history that we have here at Muskegon Civic Theater and and in theirs over there that you have at the Lakeshore Museum Center and they have decided to using the parts to put on a show to use those parts to tell our story at Muskegon Civic Theater so they have a section that looks like the inside of our scene shop they there's a replica of the outside of the scene shop they have made a replica of the Frauenthal stage with curtains and red velvet curtains and all that good stuff and so it's there's hands-on parts of the exhibit where people that come to check it out they can play with some costuming I know we have some costuming that's going to be on this play there at the exhibit as well and I think 
I think we may even be able to have the dragon puppet from Shrek at least at the opening of the exhibit oh, that'd be cool. um, because it does have to go back to where it, it came <laughs> right. from the next day but she could probably make an appearance at the opening of the exhibit so it's hands-on there's some lighting board stuff that participants and museum exhibit viewers will be able to experience and some cool things happening there and so if you're a museum member that opens May 10th yep. and Jason's gonna be talking a little more about the history of the Theater yeah, I'm, well on, I'm on schedule to talk, I think it's May 22nd, to give a presentation on the history of Muskegon Civic Theater, and I'll talk further back. So we're celebrating 35 years, but Muskegon has 84 years of community theater history, and so I'll go back to those 84 years and talk about the Little Theater of Muskegon and Greater Muskegon Civic Theater, Port City Playhouse, Civic Opera, and um, leading all the way back up to where we are now, and with our next season that we have. So, you know, we can't talk about where we are today, 35 right. years yeah. of Muskegon Civic Theater, without talking about those 84 years in total. You know, it's really exciting to, to have that history here in Muskegon. And then that exhibit officially opens to the public on May 11th, and it'll be up all throughout the summer. So you'll have plenty of opportunities to come, see the exhibit, um, learn about theater, and kind of what it's like to put on a show. Uh, now, Jason, I just want to kind of round out our interview here with just kind of a few uh, grab bag questions. Okay. Um, some just kind of fun things. Um, what has been one of your favorite shows that the theater's ever done? Oh, that's a very tough question because it's it for theater people the go-to answer is always the one that I'm working on right now. <laughs> right. And so right now I'm working on Shrek. I'm directing that show as well and I don't typically, you know, I don't direct all the shows we do here. We have other people that do that. So right now in this cast has been unbelievable. I've never worked with a cast like that's this crazy talented and and um we keep saying Muskegon has no idea what's coming to the Fraunthal Theater next weekend and everyone needs to check it out. So I, the standard answer is always, you know, the, the last, the one that I'm working on. But we've had great shows. I think memorable A Raisin in the Sun, both productions we've done of A Raisin in the Sun have been knocked out of the park and people loved. This last season we did a brand new musical um, called Disenchanted that sold out all three weekends. It was an adult story, adult version of the I Disney Princess. Yeah, my wife and I went on date night. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so I think we have, you know, we have things that people still talk about. You know, this was a great production. That was a great production. We did a show called Moonlight and Magnolias a few years ago. You know, people still talk about Peter Pan the last time we did it. People still talk about Mary Poppins when we did that. There's, there's just great shows and people that are memorable. Is there a show that you really want to bring here that you haven't been able to do yet? That's also a tough question, too, because there's tons of shows. And every year there's more more to choose from. I know um, Chicago is a musical that not only us here locally at Muskegon Civic Theater, but other civic theater organizations really want to be able to do the musical Chicago. The rights are just rarely available because of all the tours that go around the country. So maybe we'll put Chicago on the top of that Thomas. list. All right. Uh, can you tell us about any maybe... Um, really bad last-minute disasters that happened right before the show was about to start and kind of um, how that was solved. I don't have any stories, luckily, knock on wood. I don't have any of those stories, and I do know that there are people that do, but when I was doing some research into the history of Muskegon Civic Theater, back in the days of um, the Little Theater of Muskegon, they were performing at Angel School. It used to be Angel School, was MTech for a while. Um, there was a fire two weeks before their production, oh, and geez. it burned up all of their costumes, all of their sets, all of their props. And two weeks later, 
they were still performing their show and they had redone as much as they could. Wow. Um, so, and, and, you know, recostumed things and rebuilt sets and redid everything, but they still put on their production. So that's the one that sticks out in my mind because that's pretty disastrous. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't imagine that. <laughs> but the just... show goes on. The show must go on. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, now, can you tell us, I know some of our audience might have heard of this practice before. It's something that I've, I learned about pretty recently I thought was pretty interesting, and that is the practice of putting a ghost light on the stage at the end of the night. Can you tell us a little about that practice, where it comes yeah. from, and what's the purpose? Absolutely. So, in reality, the story is based on it was just a way to protect people from falling off the edge of the stage. So if you've ever been in a theater, you know that stage is typically pretty high up off the ground where the audience sits. And if there are no lights in on in an auditorium... It is the darkest space because it has to be. Naturally, you want the, the light to come from the stage. And so it is pitch black. So it's really for safety purpose. But most theaters are really old. So our Fraunthal Theater was built in the 30s. So it's really old. And so I'm sure that there are some disastrous accidents that have happened in that building or people who have been whose spirits were attached to the building. And so the ghost light is there to acknowledge the ghosts of the past and to allow them some light to still play in the space. And the story goes that if you don't leave a ghost light out, that there is mischief that will happen during the productions that happen in there because you didn't acknowledge the ghosts of the past. And you don't so, want that happening. Yeah, you don't want that yeah. happening. So it has a, a practical purpose in keeping people safe from, from joining those ghosts of the theater, from falling off the edge of the stage or into the orchestra pit. But it, it has that history, that theater folklore of um, allowing the ghosts of, of theater past to play in the space still. Can you just uh, give us once again the dates for Shrek and then where people could go if they'd like to get tickets for Absolutely. it or find more information? So Shrek opens May 2nd and it runs through May 5th. And we have evening performances starting at 7.30 on the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. On the 5th, that performance is at 3 o'clock. Tickets are $22 for students and seniors and $24 for adults. There are a few like a dollar box office fees attached to that. Um, when you come to the Fraunthal Theater box office, you can get tickets there, right here in the Fraunthal building, or you can get tickets at muskegoncivictheater.org, or you can find tickets um, on the line through startickets.com. You can also call the box office at 727-8001, and we have a really great deal going on right now. If you come into the box office and you have a student ID or a Michigan Bridge card, you can get buy one, get one free student tickets for the balcony seating. Oh. And so that's another way that we're trying to reach to our community and say, hey, come, come and see your community theater. Come experience this family-friendly production of Shrek and come sit in the balcony. The balcony are the best seats in the house anyway. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Jason. Thank you for having me. It's been great.